0: Welcome to or welcome back to the 510 Report where we talk about industry news and advocacy and general goings on. Thank you so much for joining me again. The first thing that I wanted to talk about is a little bit of an older news item. It's something that I had intended to talk about on YouTube in the past, and it kind of just never happened, so I just wanted to mention it right now. Back in July, Kevin Skipper, organizer of the VCC Vaping Convention Circuit events, he posted this on his Facebook. I regret to inform you that the t 18 event scheduled for September 8th and 9th, 2018 in Tampa, Florida, is canceled. The reality is that there are too many vape events, both in the U.S. and internationally, surrounding the planned dates. Additionally, VCC will be closing business within the next few months. The climate for hosting vape events just isn't what it used to be even two years ago. We appreciate everyone's support over the past five years and are proud to have been part of this life-saving industry, vape on Kevin Skipper. And like I said, this is older news, still a huge bummer to me. I really like Kevin Skipper and I've always really liked the VCC, Vaping Convention Circuit events. They've always been really big, really fun events and very advocacy-centric events as well. And obviously, like I said, this is a huge bummer. I really like Kevin Skipper. He is one of the biggest vape advocates that I've ever known. In fact. Him and I and Matt and Jay DeLuca used to do a Friday streaming show. I think it was on Friday afternoons that was a complete advocacy centric live streaming show. And it was a lot of fun and I love Kevin Skipper and I wish you all the best in whatever you do in the future. And like Kevin Skipper, I would also like to see US shows return to what they used to be. Everyone's telling me, oh, you need to go to Germany and you need to go to France or you need to go to Indonesia or you need to go to, uh, you know, uh, Kuwait. It seems as though the vapor industry is kind of abandoning United States because of how bad a shape it is in legislatively. And that's just a huge bummer and Kevin, I'm with you. I would like to see US vape events return to what they were just two years ago. I see international events growing and growing and growing and growing and I see US events shrinking and shrinking and shrinking and shrinking. But I think there's still time to turn that ship around in the United States. So moving on from that, I wanted to talk about something that's kind of been going around the news cycle a little bit. Huffington Post did an article on this with their big headline. Daily electronic cigarette users have double the heart attack risk study. And this study was authored by the infamous Stanton Glantz, who is an anti, 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 I mean staunch, anti, 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 anti-vaping advocate. Ever since the beginning, Stanton Glantz is one of the first names I remember hearing way back in 2010 about vaping. Stanton Glantz is the director of the Center for Tobacco Control, Education and Research at the University of California in San Francisco. And like I said, been a staunch anti-vaping advocate since day one. Now, the most interesting thing to me about this study that was released is it wasn't really a study. It started off as a student project. And the point of the student project was not to make any correlations between heart attacks and vapor products. The original student project was a research day poster, which is apparently a fairly standard practice or a standard exercise for students to go through where they learn to research things and present them in poster form. Stanton Glantz loved the conclusions that they came to so much in this student project that he just signed his name as author and published it. And the only reason that we know that this was a student project is because Greg Connolly from the American Vaping Association took pictures of the original student project posters and put them on Twitter. And Stanton Glantz, like I said, arranged somehow to have his name be the author of this study to essentially author their work and this study wasn't done in a scientific way that most people think about when they think about science there wasn't any lung tissue that was exposed in a petri dish to e-liquid or vapor and there wasn't any rats or anything that were exposed to excessive amounts of e-liquid or excessive amounts of, of vapor from a vapor product all of the information from this study was reported from the NHIS and the NHIS is the National Interview Health Survey it's something that's put out by the Census Bureau of the United States and it's basically a large survey and it is a very broad broad way to collect health information from US citizens it always covers all sorts of subjects from uh, diet and exercise obesity and smoking general health sort of questions and I also do want to point out that this study has not been peer-reviewed I'm not a scientist but I'm fairly familiar with the scientific method and I know that the last step of getting peer-reviewed is pretty critical to the study so like I said the original authors, the students of this project used data from 2014 and 2016 from the NHIS. All of the data from 2015 was for some reason completely omitted from this study. And what's really interesting about that is the data from 2015 didn't really change anything for the positive or the negative. It was just completely omitted, which kind of just goes to show you how sloppily and poorly this study was put together. It doesn't even include all of the information. So one of the critical things that was excluded from this study was time, how long the person smoked or how long the person vaped. And there were multiple data points that they took from this NIHS survey, as well as multiple categories that people sort of fell into, whether you were a a, a smoker, a, a former smoker, a current Smoker or a vapor, or a, they they use terms like sometimes vapor, and they didn't really specify what that meant. But then they had like daily use vapor, former vapor, current smoker, former smoker, sometimes use smoker, which again they didn't really specify what that means. So I'm just going to try to explain this in the best way that I possibly can, a way that kind of makes more sense to me. So let's say that this person. Dave right here was a person that took this survey. And Dave here, well, Dave was a 30-year smoker. In fact, it doesn't even need to be that long. Let's make Dave a 15-year pack-a-day smoker. And again, how long the person was a smoker isn't included in this study. But for the sake of this explanation, let's say that Dave was a 15-year smoker. And let's also say that Dave did have an MI or a myocardial infarction also known as a heart attack in that time. Let's also say that Dave gave up his 15 year smoking habit for vapor products and he's now been vaping for a few years and is what this study would consider to be a daily use vapor So, because on paper in the survey, he is a daily use vapor and because he had an MI or myocardial infarction earlier in his life, they're attributing that MI to him being a current vapor, even though his heart attack might have been caused by and happened when he was a 15 year pack a day smoker. You see how poorly and sloppily this was kind of put together now? I genuinely don't know how anybody could take this study seriously, especially considering the fact that all of the data from 2015 was just completely excluded. To me, that is just a huge red flag as to whether or not the researchers or the students in this case actually did all of their due diligence in collecting this information, or if this information was more or less thrown together for the purpose of the project. Because remember, this project wasn't intended to be a published paper making the correlation between heart attacks and vaping. And honestly, the really scary thing about this is it can be done with any other possible harmful or negative side effects to vaping that aren't necessarily caused from vaping but can be attributed to vaping through this methodology. Bronchitis in vapors, absolutely, you could use this. Asthma in vapors, absolutely, you could use this same methodology. And apparently you can also completely exclude years worth of data to reach your conclusions. This is overall just a really flawed methodology for collecting data. And this study that was published in the American Journal of Preventative Medicine, the conclusion that Stanton Glantz came to, daily e-cigarette use is associated with increased odds of MI independent of and addition to the risks associated with smoking and other risk factors. Dual use of e-cigarettes and conventional cigarettes, the most common use pattern among e-cigarette users, is more dangerous than using either product alone. From these findings, recreational use of e-cigarettes or use of e-cigarettes for smoking cessation should not be recommended." But if that's really the case, Stanton Glantz, then why is the largest, most respected group of doctors in the world saying things like this? about switching, should switch today without hesitation. So yeah, if you're a smoker, switch Uh, If you're an ex-smoker, the important thing is not to go back to smoking. And this? For those people who are already smoking, and there are 10 million smokers in the UK, this is really good news. This was a long-term study carried out independently at uh, UCL uh, in London. uh, Cancer uh, Cancer Research UK funded research, which measured levels of these toxins and carcinogens in saliva and urine of long-term smokers. And they found out that levels uh, were very, very low indeed after six months of using just e-cigarettes or nicotine replacement compared to smoking tobacco. Now that's really good news because it's even better news than we had from simulated experiments in the past that suggested that e-cigarettes were much safer than smoking tobacco. This confirms it. So either the Royal College of Physicians is wrong, which I wanna remind everybody, the Royal College of Physicians was the first scientific body to make the link between lung cancer and smoking cigarettes back when the United States doctors were all in denial Aisle. Either they're wrong or the anti vaping crusader Stanton Glance and his student project is wrong. Of course, I'd love to know what you think in the comments down below. And I also want to say I'm not just dismissing this article because it's negative news about vaping. I put vapor into my body on a regular basis, and I would genuinely want to know if what I'm doing is harming me in any way. Unfortunately, right now, it appears that the overwhelming majority of scientists agree. It's 97, at least 97 percent healthier for you than traditional tobacco cigarettes stanton glance can someone from the royal college of physicians just shoot stanton glance a quick text message or like a quick email and be like hey Uh, What is it you're doing? The science is there and I've said this before and I'll say it again in the end I do believe that science will prevail. Of course I am going to post links in the description to where I get all of my information including all pertinent news articles and studies reports etc down below so you can check them out and read them for yourself. And the last little bit of news that I wanted to talk about was an article that was sent over to me by one of my subscribers Trey. Thank you very much Trey and this comes from Apple News. If you have an Apple product and iPhone or an iPad, it has that little news app that I I I never use. But this comes directly from Apple News with their big alarmist headline on it. Tell your friend the truth. Vaping does cause cancer. And the most worrisome thing about this article to me, in my opinion, is in 2018, people are just going to read that headline and not read the article. And if you actually sit and read the article, which it's very short, by the way, but if you actually sit there and read it, you'll come to the conclusion that that headline has nothing to do with the rest of the article. That headline is only meant to be alarmist and fear-mongering. This article starts off like a lot of other articles do. They explain what vaping is. They talk about vapor versus smoking. They talk about inhaling and exhaling aerosols with nicotine in it. Pretty par for the course for a mainstream vaping news article. And about halfway through the article, they actually come to a pretty positive conclusion on vaping, but they have to throw one more big, bold headline in there. But this doesn't mean it's necessarily healthy. So let's just go through and see what their findings were. In a series of tests, researchers subjected mice and human cells to vapor produced by e-cigarettes and recorded the results. They were expecting to see a lower risk of lung cancer, but what they found shocked them and the entire medical field. When the scientists introduced the vapor effects to the rodents, they found that there was some benefit to using e-cigarettes as compared to smoking. The vapor subject had 95% less carcinogens in their system as compared to the tobacco group. The vapor subjects had 97% less carcinogens in their system than the control tobacco group. Even with that sentence in this article, which is a very, very positive sentence, they still went with the headline, tell your friends the truth, vaping causes cancer. That's not... Right, And even after that sentence where they say the vapor group subjects had 97% less carcinogens in their system, they do have to throw one of those however statements in there. However, even though there were less cancer-causing chemicals found in their bodies, there was an increased risk of lung and bladder cancers as well as heart diseases. Now, of course, they're not going to give a percentage of those things because those percentages are going to be very, very low. Probably somewhere, I'm guessing, in the 3 to 5% range since vaping is tobacco harm reduction and is not intended to be 100% safe, I'm guessing that that small four to 5% of risk that's included with vaping is what they're talking about here. I've said this before and I will say it again and I will continue to say it again and I don't care if I sound like a broken record, but any research that's done on vaping needs to be directly, directly compared to the effects of cigarette smoking. It needs to be directly compared to that which which is causing us harm it just does no good in my opinion to compare the relatively small minor health effects of vaping comparing that to non-vapors is useless That is useless information. And then they end it with this sentence, which I feel like could have been started with like an eye roll emoji. Like that's the tone I get from it. Supporters of the e-cigarettes have come to its defense and pointed out that adult smoking has fallen to an all-time low of 15%. I don't understand how they can have the connotation that adult smoking is at an all-time low right now as like, a negative thing like there's a very negative connotation to that last statement and it's the absolute truth and this is something I've said before and it's something I'll probably continue to say again adult and youth smoking and vaping rates are at the lowest they have ever been and for some reason whenever that gets brought up or pointed out it's always done in a really like condescending way. Like supporters of vaping would like to point out this, this, and this. And even though it's 97% less harmful for you than traditional tobacco cigarettes, there's still a little bit of risk involved. So you should be really, really scared. That tactic is doing a great, great disservice to public health. It's doing a great, great disservice to the smokers in this country that still think that vaping is worse for them than the tobacco cigarettes they are currently smoking. Anyway, I think that's where we're gonna leave the 510 Report for today. Once again, thank you so much everybody for watching. KASA, KASA.org, go join KASA.org. It's quick, it's free, it's easy. They send out calls to actions for possible upcoming bad vape legislation happening in your particular city or state or area. Kasa.org. it's a no-brainer. And as always, I'm gonna leave you with the wise words of Kevin Skipper. You don't have to do everything, but you do have to do something. Let's get involved.